usually in meditation, people are looking for um, the hows of meditation, how to sit, how to cross their leg, where, when to meditate, what should they watch out for meditation. That that's usually the adjustments to the body and the breath. But we've been talking about adjustment to the mind a lot. We've been dealing with adjustment to the mind uh, more and more and deeper and deeper into it. We even go into um, what psychologists uh, usually use the term subliminal perception. What is subliminal perception? Subliminal perception? Usually we are conscious of what we're talking about. Subliminal per perception is something that is below the threshold of consciousness. You may not even aware and realize that it comes up. Something, there could be external stimuli that agitate you and you feel that way and you don't even know why you feel that way. Subliminal perception. Meditation is to deal with mental afflictions. And um, of course, if we, if we start from the beginning of the lecture, then especially if this is New Year, we, all, we always say, oh, are we happy? Uh, 2016, uh, we have resolutions for making us more happy. We want to lead a happy life. Um, we haven't been too happy, and sometimes we're happy and we are sad, but how to build up a happy life um, for 2016 and in the future? You have to know what happiness is. If your happiness is just looking for material acquisition, if your happiness is just habitual attachments, those things won't make, make you happy. You have to let go of your habitual your habitual thoughts so that you become happy. So why do we have mental afflictions? Why do we have depression, anxiety, sadness, mental afflictions, jealousy, hatred, anxiety, worries, painful memories, and the crude ones, the crude mental afflictions, we may realize it. Particularly if you've been to a temple or learning some of the Buddhist teaching, you know, then you know, well, why do I become unhappy? You know you are unhappy. Why do I become depressed? Why do I have this depressive attitude? Why do I have inferiority complex? Uh, why do I get agitated so easily? Why do I always have to feel that I'm lack of many things? I'm not good enough in this. You always find, I'm not good enough in this and that, and you, um, you don't attach too much value to your life. Why do we have these mental afflictions? Some of them, you may, you may be aware, you still can solve it, you may be aware, and some of them, you don't even, you're not even aware of it. The crude ones, you're aware. The subliminal ones, you don't aware. As I said this morning, the subliminal ones are those garbage that have been, that you have a lid to cover. They're all been covered with lid that you don't know. And once you do more spiritual investigations and spiritual analysis, then you have the power, you have the ability to open up those garbage lids. You open up, you open them up and you see these garbages, which subliminally you don't realize 
So those are the mental afflictions. And mental afflictions are not just sadness. In terms of purity, mental afflictions are those times when, when you feel pleasurable, when you feel quote-unquote happy. Of course, we still have to define what happiness is. You quote-unquote happy. Some people define happiness as sensations, satisfaction of your senses. Um, when I see an attractive object or person arousing sensuous desire, I feel happy about it, I pursue it, I fulfill it. And when you hear something that is insulting to you, you your, your anger arises. And when you smell some good fragrance, then uh, you, feel, you, feel, you feel joyful, pleasurable. And when your, 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 your tongue is tasting a hamburger, a steak, sirloin steak, pork chop, or lobsters, you didn't know that you've been slaughtering animals, supporting slaughtering animals for food. You just taste the flesh and blood. You, you feel like it, and you feel that's pleasurable. So different people have different definition of happiness. And of course, we have to investigate more into it. But now, right now, we're talking about meditation. Why do we have mental afflictions? Why do these mental afflictions come up? Because we cannot let go. Our senses habitually attach to external objects arousing concurrent mental functions. These concurrent mental functions, as we said, 26 of them are bad, unwholesome, and only 11 are good ones. There's more, more than double of the bad ones and the big, than, than, the, than the, um, the wholesome ones. And we want to get rid of these mental afflictions. How to meditate, put it very, very simply. Two things, present moment awareness, no perpetuation of habitual attachment, present moment awareness. Um, you have to be mindful of your present moment. Your present moment, you have to be mindful of your thought. You live in the present moment. And why do you have to live in the present moment? Because you don't want to go back to past memories. Uh, abusive past, happy past, they're all gone. And you don't want to overwhelm yourself with those past. And you don't want to worry about the future. So your present moment, your present moment, you want to stay calm and tranquil and peaceful. Um, so present moment awareness. Present moment awareness is a high sounding, seems to be a psychological, spiritual term. How do we say it? It would say, okay, meditation is present moment awareness. What do you mean by that? Do I say, okay, I'm meditating, I'm present moment awareness, I'm aware of everything? I want to be specific and concrete. How do you realize your present moment awareness? You focus your breath. We use the breath. What is, there's nothing more present than the breath. You focus on your breath. The most important vitality process is your breath. You make use of this method to realize your present moment awareness. You direct your focus on the breath so that you don't think about the past, the future. You don't think about anything else except the focus on the breath. And then no perpetuation of attachment. That means what? Letting go. 
You don't want a perpetuation. You have to break your perpetual attachment. You let it go. Now that's just a review. Two things. Focus on your breath and let go of your habitual attachment. It's easy to talk about. A five-year-old can talk about this. But a hundred years old cannot achieve this. And we've been talking about the different stages of meditation. And this is just a little review. So we start from Kamadhatu Samadhi to, to uh, Anagamya Samadhi. At level one, two, three, and jhana, and all up. And we know that we have different stages in meditation. And this is the lower stages that right now, I guess, I think, I'm not 100% sure because I don't know enough. We are maybe below this. We don't even have samadhi. We don't even have achieved samadhi. Most people haven't even achieved samadhi. Achieving samadhi um, is not enough. Achieving samadhi is you can focus. You have your present moment awareness and you don't have any perpetuation of thought. You can focus. You don't think about the past. You don't worry about the future. You can focus, but that's not enough. You need vipassana. You need wisdom. So in other words, even if you achieve in here, which is a very high level of meditation, and not only are the Buddhists uh, have the ability in the meditation to achieve these, all other religions can achieve this too. Even people who don't have a religion, who don't believe in a religion, they can also achieve samadhi. That's what we call in, in, in some of those, if you, if you Google into in, information, kunalina awakening, kunalina perception. They always meditate on, on chakras. Those are aiming at samadhi, not vipassana. Because you could be doing some kuna, kundalini um, uh, meditation, and yet you still haven't got rid of your greediness, your hatred, your anger, your jealousy, your anxiety. You haven't got rid of all those. You're still egoistic. You still have, you're still protecting your self-interest in every situation. You don't know about it. You only have samadhi. That's the first thing to learn, samadhi. If you don't even have samadhi, then you don't have present, well, present moment awareness. You don't have, you can't break your perpetuation of thought. You can't go anywhere. You don't even have samadhi. But you must know the Buddhist teaching, the vipassana, in order to get deeper. Vipassana, to give you an example, is, say, prajna. What is prajna? The recognition of sunyata, the recognition of causation, the recognition of suffering, the recognition of aswabhava. There's no self in everything. Everything is fleeting. Everything is causation. There's no real identity. There's no real reality in it. Everything comes fictitiously. You must know that. Otherwise, if you only have Samadhi, and you don't have vipassana. In the process of getting up to the first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana, you may encounter a lot of subliminal problems.
So in other words, when we say, when your friends who've been meditating and say, hey, John or Jeanette, oh, go for meditation. It's very peaceful. It's very relaxing. It's like a yoga. It increases your health. health. It increases your awareness. It broadens up your wisdom. What's the problem in saying that? You are learning meditation for the sake of, I want this, I want that. I want wisdom. I want consciousness. I want everything is acquisition. Everything is you want, you want that. You fall again into the trap. The reason why you come for meditation is I want, I want to be clear. I want to have a clear mind. I want to be able to solve problems. You are increasing your ego again. You have to get rid of your wants in order to have the real, real, I don't know what to call it, in order to have Anuttra Samya Sambuddhi. So we, most people, stay in this level. And because they stay in this level and they didn't have a chance or they didn't want to or they don't have any causation to get into the Buddhist teaching to know prajna that they stay here all the time. When you stay here all the time and do meditation, it's dangerous. You don't know you're, it's quite dangerous for you to do meditation. You could go insane. You could be crazy. If you're caught into what they call Kundalini awakening, you could all of a sudden feel that you are depressed. You want to commit suicide. I'm, sc I'm scaring you now. Because why? You open all your garbage bins because of Samadhi and you can smell all these things. You don't know how to get rid of them. Because all, previously you were able to concentrate, to focus, so that you have present value awareness, then you somehow, in that particular moment when you're meditating, you break off your perpetuation of habitual thought. But it hasn't, you haven't really completely broken the chain of perpetuation. The Buddha's teaching is to get in there to help you further to break that chain in addition to samadhi. And that's what we call vipassana. You really have to have the wisdom to know that when you're meditating, if you feel depressed, if you feel the, those million years of garbage accumulating and you feel it, you know that it's fictitious. It's not real. That is not real. My depression is not real. My greediness is not real. It's all causation together. It's easy to talk about it, but when you do it, it's easy to talk, but it's not easy to enlighten it. Knowing the words do not count at all. You read millions of books of Buddhism, but you haven't really encountered, you haven't really gotten into reality of it. You haven't really experienced it. We have people who have a, a golden tongue to talk about various things, very eloquent. Uh, oh, he can articulate, he talk about many things. He's not enlightened. He's only a good talker. He got them from books and tapes and videos. If you go to a higher level, some people never get here, so they don't really have to worry. You don't have to worry today. You don't have to worry because you haven't really got into samadhi. 
But I'm telling you, when you get deeper and deeper and deeper into it, all of a sudden, you may feel that when you get into a trance, a deep meditation, you will feel you're totally depressed. You're totally feared. You're totally angry. You know what you do at that time? Then if you know the Diamond Sutra, then you know everything is unreal. Even that, you have to let go of it. The body, everything you have to let go. Don't, then you focus back on your, uh, on your breath. Don't let it carry you away. Don't let your subliminal perception, your subliminal garbage carry you away. Yeah, that garbage bin, you open the lid, you smell it, but all that is sunyata. Don't let that affect you. Clear it up. How to clear it up? Get back to samadhi. So it's a combination of samadhi and vipassana. Wisdom and focus, not just wisdom. If in meditation you just want to increase your health, increase your happiness because you want to be more happy, you're not at it. You're still looking for happiness. And how do you define your happiness? I feel great. I have a good job. I have $10 billion, a nice house. I, I have everything. Your happiness is defined in materiality. There's no such thing as happiness. Happiness is only compared to sadness. It's duality. If you still look for happiness, you won't be happy. You still have happiness to look for. Even the, the happiness has to go. Let go of even the happiness. Let go of even looking for wisdom. Let go of that. So it's just a word of caution. When you meditate more and more and more and more, you, you will be entering different realms, different areas that you haven't realized, that you haven't been to before. Don't get panicked. They're not, they're not real. And if you look at it from another angle, you're much higher in your awareness now because you can smell it. Previously, you couldn't smell it. Previously, how you just interact to emotions, interact to your perceptions, interact to your objects of attention. You just interact. After you interact with it, then you know, oh, I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be angry, I shouldn't be jealous, and maybe you have to go through a few days. Or maybe you have to go to an emergency hospital and get medication all of a sudden to calm down your craziness. Because your families don't know what to do. All of a sudden, after meditation, you go crazy because you feel depressed. Then they rush you to the hospital and give him medication, and the doctor said he's suffering from depression. He has to be medicated. You don't need it. You just have to get rid of it. When you're meditating and meditating and meditating, now, right now, we're looking at the sunny side of meditation. What are the sunny side? The rainy, stormy side of meditation. Don't think that meditation is just sunny. If I have the time to meditate, everything will be so sunny. You know what, how much the Buddha has gone through? 
The Buddha has gone through eight years of hardship, of ascetic hardship, troubles and hardships, storms. And later, he enlightened, but still, he, he still is still confronted before dawn, before enlightenment, with a lot of internal devils, lusts. Millions of you know, years of lust accumulated, millions of years of anger, millions of years of competitive spirit. He still had to fight. Even the Buddha, in the last moment, he had to fight through this storm. And you think that you only meditate and peacefully and you're at it? No. You haven't gone through the stormy weather. You are still standing at the door. You haven't come in. Now let's just consider the sunny side of meditation so that you will be attracted to do meditation. When you're meditating, you have direct, directed thought. That means it means that you keep directing your thoughts to the breath. You're listening to the initial vibration. My example to you is somebody hit the gong, dong. You hear the initial vibration of the gong. It's so pleasurable, it's so joyful. Dong, vibration. Directed thought is you just experience initial sound giving you that example. And if giving you an example of a bird's flying, the bird just stretches his wings and starts to fly. He hasn't flied, the bird hasn't flies yet. So that's the directed thought. So the, your guru, your teacher tell you, tells you, okay, direct your attention to the focus. And you did that. I'm assuming that you are successful in directing your thoughts to the breath. How many people are successful in doing that? Not many. You always wander away. We're assuming that you are 100% focusing on your breath. You may be just 10%, 15%, 20%, but I'm assuming 100% on your breath. You have directed thought. You have directed thought, and then what do you do? Then there's evaluation. It covers several activities. You can sustain your focus for a long time. Yet at the same time, you evaluate your focus. Oh, do I do it right? Oh, it's good. I've been focusing for half hour. It's good. I feel pleasurable. It's good. I feel peaceful, tranquil. You're evaluating. You have your own evaluating procedure. No, I couldn't do a good meditation now. Oh, I was troubled by my husband yesterday, by my by my in-laws, by something that comes up. I couldn't do a good meditation. You've been evaluating your meditation. And it also ha contains pleasure. Breath energy permeates into all parts of the body, increasing awareness. You're increasing your awareness, your percept perceptibility, your awareness, everything increase. You're at a higher, you may think that you have a transformation, but you haven't got a transformation as yet. You say, I'm transformed, I feel different now. So pleasure, so joyful, that's evaluation. So if you are successful in focusing your breath and letting go, assuming you're successful, you have these two feelings. Have you been successful in those two? Then you have these feelings. These feelings are pleasurable. You feel so joyful. You don't want to leave. You feel you don't want to sell it for a million dollars because you're so happy with what you're doing now. The sensation is, I don't want to get up from my seat. I want to meditate for millions of years because I am all wrapped up with joy. Have you got that feeling?
If you haven't, you're not even in. You're not even successful in anywhere in, in, in Vichara. You're not even successful in Viktaka. Assuming you're successful in this too, how many people will be successful? Well, as a layman, maybe one out of a million. Because how can you direct your thought, completely successfully evaluate your, evaluate your breath, focus and pleasurable, if you have a family? If you still have a sexual misconduct, if you still lie, if you still steal, if you still drink intoxication, if you still, I don't know, if you're still greedy. It's not easy for a layman who has a family to arrive at the ultimate goal of these two. That's the reason why the Mahayana Buddhism says, layman, it's not easy for you in this lifetime to attain enlightenment. Go to Amitabha's Pure Land first. Go there after your, your death, after you died. And in there, without going back to Zamzara, without going back to life and death, under the instructions of the Buddha, Amitabha, you will achieve this. That is a skillful way. That is what we call Nian Fuo Farman. That's what we call the Pure Land Psycho Meditation. Because you have a wife, you have a husband. If you are young, you are, doing, you are still doing sexual conduct. Sexual conduct is another garbage adding onto the garbage tank. <laughs> how, 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 can you, how can you get enlightened? When you look at a lady who is so attractive, you are still attracted to it. And then you pull your attention away, but you, you still have a thought. That's the reason why we, we uh, as, as, as a monk, we always tell the layman that the mo your skillful way, since you have a family, you have co-unquote your successful career, how successful it is, you are multi-billionaires, you lock up your, your, with your meetings, with your time, with your logbook, with your businesses, with your multi-international companies, you lock up with competition with your, with your peers, um, advertising and all that. How much time you have for meditation? You're so busy with your jobs, so busy with arranging your capital, reinvesting your capital, so busy with tending to your kids, your elders. Every day you have to visit your mom who's in, in, in the OH homes. Your dad already passed away, but your mom is still there. You still have to get busy with your children. Uh, well, some, of them are, some of them are universities, and they've been complaining about many things, and you have to handle family affairs. How can you get to these two? And all of a sudden, you may be found sick. Regularly, you have to go to the doctor to check up. We all have too many karmic energy that pull us down. You're going nowhere. We're going nowhere. So we say we want to, we want to stick to the skillful means. We, everybody has to die anyway. When I die, I don't want to get back to this life and death. I want to go to Amitabha's pure land. I want to immigrate in there, not going into animal, animal rams, ghost ram, all these. I don't want to, to be human ram again. I don't want to be billionaires again.
there are a lot of problems with billionaires because when you are billionaires you add a lot of assets and money to your account but you also add a lot of mental afflictions to your mental account accounts too I don't know I can go on and on on these things and uh, the bell goes we got to go for lunch if you, any, if you have any further questions you would like to ask, write it down and we'll answer them for you. For first time comers, if you come for the first time, the Buddhist teaching is not about getting. The Buddha gives me blessings. It's about letting go. It's about clearing your bad energy. It's about letting go of your habitual thought and leading a life that is free of mental afflictions when you are free of mental afflictions you are happy you don't have to look for them when you get rid of the garbage you're free from garbage but you've been accumulating them you don't have to get more garbage you get more money you get all, all this money into the garbage you get the, all the money, if we, if, if we give an example uh, temporally, worldly, you get all the money, you get all this material, food and everything, you consume them, you excrete them, or you, 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 you buy a lot of furniture and they get old, you dump them. You're creating garbage. The more money you have, the more garbage you create. Your mental garbage. It won't help make you happy. Get rid of the it's it's getting rid of. If you get rid of them, you're okay. You don't have to look for it. The more you look for it, you're in the wrong track. This morning, if you come to a temple, you have a new resolution for 2016 and you want to look for happiness. No. Letting go of your unhappiness. When you let go of your unhappiness, you're happy. You have a lot of unhappiness. You don't realize it. On the surface, you may realize it, but subliminally, it's below the threshold of your consciousness. You may not even notice them.